It's good to see everybody and um, be outside still, and we'll, we'll see how long this is, but it's just wonderful that we can still meet and we can still um, worship God together and celebrate what he's done. I don't know if you remember at the beginning of the year, we said one of our themes was remember and celebrate, and we had no idea how um, needed that would be for 2020, um, but um, we're going to take every advantage we can to celebrate together, celebrate what God's doing, and one of the things that we love to celebrate is when God um, creates new homes and when God brings people together. And so we have a red rose this morning, as I almost tripped on something. Uh, we have a red rose this morning because it has come to our attention that Mark and Savannah are engaged. <laughs> I'd like to congratulate you guys. Just, just incredibly happy for you and watching how God has brought you together, how God has worked. And congratulations. So. Thank you. So that is worth celebrating. Um, in vain of celebrating, sort of in the same light, so we have um, sort of negative anniversary right now. It's coming, but, and, but we're also celebrating a 50th anniversary today. So 50 years later, fast forward your future in 50 years, uh, <laughs> Don and Sharon are celebrating their 50, 50 years. Where are they? Thank you. <laughs> and we love to celebrate marriages, especially 50 years and longer, because that is an example for those that are getting married, right? This is, this is why I love a multi-generational church, is because the older can teach the younger, and we can see examples of people that have been married 50 years and still surviving, and um, <laughs> thriving, I would say. And so um, it is, it's just wonderful to be a community together. And so what we're going to do for, for Don and Sharon, we have cake in the gym. Don't leave now. Uh, it's, it's too early. But right after we're done, you're welcome to go to the gym and get a piece of cake. And then don't congregate in there, but take it to whatever classes you're going. And, and so spread back out. But that was the easiest place for the deaconesses to set it up. And so that is what we're doing um, today. Today is, is another one of our traditions at Village. It's our reading service. And we like to end every series that we do by reading through the books of the Bible that we've just studied. And for some of the longer books, we've had to break that up. And for, in this case, First and Second Thessalonians are, are pretty short. And there's a number of reasons we do this. One of them is to begin to notice things that maybe we wouldn't notice every week when we're just taking a few verses at a time, but to notice some big picture things. We're in the middle of, of working on painting our house and the outside of our house. And um, so we're trying to pick colors, which is always an exercise to th that's fun. Yeah. And um, actually, it hasn't been too bad. But we're driving around because we, we haven't narrowed down to some colors. We're driving around and, and through neighborhoods slowly pointing at houses that I can only imagine what, if we're being called, the police are being called or whatever. And, and at one point, Susie says, you know, there's a house in our neighborhood that's these colors, or close to these. I'm like, no, there's not. And, and she said, no, there is. And, she and sure enough, we drive by yesterday, and I know not to question her now. Um, <laughs> we drive by, and this house that I have passed every day for the last 10 years is, is pretty much the same colors. Why did I just notice it now? Because I was looking, Right. I was looking for something, and, and God's word can be that way. We can read God's word, and we can skim past stuff, stuff that we've read every day or, or familiar things, and 
it takes stopping and looking sometimes to remember to, to get the point of it, to get something out of it. I was reminded of that even this week when I was talking with someone. We were talking about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. A lot of you can quote it, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And that's one I, I memorized when I was a, a child. And that, that verse is so familiar that it's easy to forget what it says. And the power of that verse, trust in the Lord in all your ways. Acknowledge him. And, 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 and it goes on. And, and just by stopping and focusing and paying attention, we can see something new. And that's my hope as we read God's word today. Let me illustrate this one other way. We're outside, right? And, and we, we had a portion of time this year where we couldn't meet together. We had to meet online. And I praise God for those watching online that were still able to do that and still include you here. We have a little spot for you guys right here. So this is, we'll do cardboard cutouts or something. Um, but then when we come back together and now we're, we're outside, I, one of my prayers is it helps us remember why we're a community. Remember why we're a church. And so I just want to throw that out there. What about coming together is so important? Now that we've been away from it or we were away from it earlier and now we're back together, what about coming together is so important? Why do this? Edification, okay? That God is, is training and teaching and building us up. And the body is. Why else? Why church? Fellowship, unity. Is fellowship needed? As Summer told us, it is. <laughs> that was great. And, and just, just listening to that admonishment, fellowship is vital in, 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 the walk, in our walks with God. Community is vital. Unity is vital in our walks with God. Without unity, we can begin to feel isolated and we can begin to feel alone. And we can lose track of trusting in God and some of God's promises as we help each other. A couple more. Why church? Why go to church? It gives perspective, okay? Yeah, especially if I'm just reading the Bible by myself, my own tunnel vision is all I've got. And so this gives perspective. Hearing other believers, hearing teaching gives perspective on the word. Someone said something over here. Hearing God through others. And I know you well enough that I think I can add to that. He's not just meeting the pastor up front. Fair? Because we have the Holy Spirit in us, and so we hear God through each other. These are just some of the reasons why church is essential and, and why it's so important that we come together. So today we come to the reading of God's word as a church, and, and we do this for a lot of different reasons. One of them is, as a church, we're publicly instructed to read God's word. In 1 Timothy 4.13, says, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. We also do this because God's word is living and active. And, and, and make no mistake, reading God's word can change you if we're looking. If we're looking for those things we're missing, reading God's word can change you. It doesn't have to have a cute story. It doesn't have to have a, a cute illustration. God's word is powerful and alive, sharper than any two-edged sword. The question is, are we looking for it to change us? Are we looking for the Holy Spirit to do a work in our lives. And, and I know that this is hard for our culture because we're used to 24-minute sitcoms with an appropriate place commercial and, and laughs here and there and something that keeps our attention. 
And, and it can be hard sometimes to read God's word. This morning it will be about 15 minutes of reading God's word. You can do this. And the Holy Spirit can speak to you through this. You know, the other one I already mentioned, the reason we do this is to see the broader flow of Scripture. In this case, First and Second Thessalonians, remember why it's written. Paul went and he started this church, and then four to six weeks later, he gets run out of town. People are after him, people hate him, and, and he's run out of town. And this was not an established church. He started it. These were the first Christians, four to six weeks old in Christ. Congratulations, you've got your own church. Go meet outside. No, I, I don't know whether they met in homes. Um, and he had to leave, and his heart was a heart of ministry, that a heart of a father that wanted to help them grow. And, and just like when we want our kids to, to grow and when we want to say things to our kids, there's encouraging things we want to say. There's challenging things we want to say because we just want to pass on everything that we've learned to help them because we love them. And that's how First and Second Thessalonians was written. That's the bigger context that I hope today reading through it helps us see this is a letter from a spiritual dad to his children with all of his encouragement and concerns for them. And so just as they heard the letter sitting in church, verbally read to them, we're going to do the same thing. And I hope it's just as powerful. This also, as we do this, reflects our commitment to God's word as a church. We always want to be committed to God's word. So as we read, listen for the themes that Paul is writing. The themes that were written for real people sitting in a real church service that he really cared about. The main point I put at the top of your notes, the main point of these books is to live in a manner that is pleasing to God here while eagerly looking for his sure return. And he's, he's wanting them to know what to do to be a church, what to do to please God, how do we walk to please God. And so he's going to share those things with them. Some of the themes to look for, and, and these are themes that I hope you hear as we read, and I hope stir your heart as we read. The first theme is, is, is really from the main point, how to live a life pleasing to God. What elements does he want them to work on? What elements are they doing okay on? It's a lot like when you take a plant and there's some things you have to prune off, but some fertilizer you want to add. And, and so there's, there's encouragement and pruning, both happening, that we all need to hear. And so, yeah, he deals with respect for authority. He deals with how we relate to each other. He deals with idleness. He deals with sexuality and culture. He deals with people hating Christianity and culture. And so many of the things we deal with today. Second theme that is in your notes there is he gives hope for Jesus' second coming. He gives hope for Jesus' second coming. Praise God for hope. Praise God he's coming back and 2020 isn't all there is. We have a hope that we can cling to and praise God for. And we're going to see that throughout these two books. He also shows us how to minister to others in a God-pleasing way. Just by his own example, this dad that is, is faithfully, sensitively caring for his, his spiritual children. He's discipling them. And the last theme to look for is he's encouraging perseverance in difficulties. The, the people at Thessalonica he left behind are still with the people that kicked Paul out, that chased him out. They, he's, they're still with the people that arrested the guy who's owned the house that Paul was staying at, who were against Christianity. And they somehow, as young believers, needed to, to persevere. 
and continue on. And they did. And the church at Thessalonica thrived. And it grew and was a testimony for Christ. So as we listen, I, encourage, I left space in your notes today. Just space for what the Holy Spirit's putting on your heart. Space for what you're going to hear for others. As we listen, though, you can read along. You can close your eyes and listen without sleeping. You can just participate, be actively involved, actively listen, and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you at least one thing this morning that you observe that's new in this text, that you didn't see before because now you're looking. And ask him to challenge you with something that is meaningful for you. Highlight it or underline it. You can put the the reference in your notes. But let's look for something this morning, something that, that God wants to do in our hearts. Afterwards, like we did with with Esther and we did with James, we're going to respond a little bit. I have some questions there that I'm going to ask at the end that we can learn from each other and share with each other. What has God taught you out of these these books? What's a favorite verse? How will you be different? Um, Why did God put these in the Bible? What value is there in these? And those are questions that just be thinking of as we read because I'd love to have a little bit of response. What difference has these two books made in your life as you walk with God? So I'd like to pray right now and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal his word to us. And then we'll, we'll have, I think we have eight people reading this morning. And we'll read through these, these two books. Lord God, Lord, strip away any distractions, whether it's the car going by or, or the kids or whatever it may be, being outside or heat or coolness or whatever it is. Lord, strip away the distractions and help us to focus on your word this morning. Lord, I pray that everyone here would be hit by at least one verse, would be struck by the power of at least one of the verses we read today, that your Holy Spirit would stir our hearts. Lord, both encourage us and convict us. May both of those things be true this morning as we read your word. Lord, may your Holy Spirit bring power to this place as we obey and study your word. In your name, amen. Let's begin with 1 Thessalonians. The readers will just use these two mics, and we'll alternate between those two. First Thessalonians, chapter 1. To the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we are, or what kind of men we have proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all of the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, But your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us 
the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who deliver us from the wrath to come. For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. For our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So, being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you, while we proclaimed to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which at work in you, which is at work in you believers. For you, brothers, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews, who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets, and drove us out and displeased God and opposed all mankind by hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles that they might be saved. So, as always, to fill up the measure of their sins. But wrath has come upon them at last. But since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time, not in person, in, in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face, because we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before the Lord Jesus Christ is it coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother, and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ to establish and exhort you in your faith that no one be moved by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we, we are destined for this. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction just as it, it has come to pass, just as you know. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. 
But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you, for this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live, if, for now we live, if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving in the Lord can we return to God for you? For all the joy that we feel for your sake before God, as we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother for this in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all things. As we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. For that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more, and to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs, and to work with your hands as we instructed you, so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring him with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of the light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. 
But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined for us, us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. We ask you, brother, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. We urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone for evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks to all in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecy, but test everything and hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Brothers, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the churches of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. This is evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are also suffering. Since indeed God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction, away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might, when he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed, because our testimony to you was believed. To this end, we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. 
Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And you know what is restraining him now, so that he may be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan, with all power and false signs and wonders, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing, because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false, in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. To this he called you through our gospel so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. For not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you have received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it, but with toil and labor we worked night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we do not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. This is the sign of genuineness in every letter of mine. It is the way I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. May the Spirit work through the reading of his word. Hopefully, as you listened, you heard some things that maybe stood out to you, things that you didn't notice before and when we've read it before. So I wanted to just ask the question, what are some verses and what are um, some themes that you thought were meaningful, that stood out to you? Maybe you just want to read a verse that, that stood out to you. If you don't want to explain why, that's fine. I'm not going to make you do a sermon or anything like that. But um, 
what are some verses? This is where we can learn from each other. How, how did God speak to you through his word? What's a verse or two that, that stood out to you? Thank you, Sam. Someone else. Amen. That verse caught my attention too. Just the the his appearing alone won the battle. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> um, yeah, great. Thank you. Another Sarah. If you're not named Sarah, you can still share. Um, <laughs> another verse that was meaningful to you. Because he could come anytime. He could come this afternoon. That'd be cool. Any, anytime of the year. Thank you. Good. Someone else, what's a verse that stood out to you? Terry. Thinking that of the pe the verse that says the peace comes from God, not surroundings or environment. I think I feel like I'm working on that verse the rest of my life. <laughs> Troy, and then we'll jump up. Yeah, so true. We're we're all examples. Are we good ones or bad ones? <laughs> Yeah, and are we aware of that? Joanne. <laughs> yeah, and great verses to remind ourselves to focus on other things. There's a lot to grumble about if we if we focus on it, right? And so, yeah, great verses. I, I love verses that say, this is God's will for you. I'm like, yes, I don't have to, to figure it out. <laughs> this is there. A couple more. Yeah, the, the word has power, and Jesus himself has power in our lives to change us, and he is, is active in that way. Good. Joe. 
studied that verse last week. Do not grow weary in doing good. Hopefully, hopefully this week you thought about that in the four spheres. As we were reading, I, I didn't realize that that theme of doing good came up like three or four times throughout the two books. That, that wasn't the first time. I'm like, that's one of those little short phrases I skipped, the house I drove by. And, um, but God impacted me last week meditating on that, so thank you for sharing that. Carlos. Encouragement to stand firm for those in the back, and and that's hard to do these days. And but it's right there. Stand firm. Hold to what you've been taught. Debbie. Amen. Amen. And they were living under, under times of Roman oppression, and but God kept comforting them with these things. Because this is, this is temporary, guys. This is temporary, and the eternal is what matters. Jim, did I see your hand up too? Amen. Amen. He who calls you is faithful, he will surely do it. Now, that'd be a good coffee cup verse and an appropriate one, not out of context, to, to remind ourselves of that. Lynette. Amen. She was coming how throughout First and Second Thessalonians, he's always saying, "We thank God for this about you. We thank you. We thank God for you in this area. We're praying for you in this area." And what a difference that would make if if we as a church practice that with each other every day. And um, so thankful for you as a church. And um, hopefully we we can put that into practice. One more. I think there was another hand that I missed somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah, she was talking about the verses that were several times Paul says, we toiled and labored into the night for you. Um, that ministry takes, and loving each other takes takes effort, it takes toil, but then there's also the blessing of loving each other. And and, um, and uh, sort of like a little baby, they take a lot of work, but they're cute enough that you want to do it. Um, <laughs> good thing they're cute. <laughs> but no, that's those are great verses. Uh, make sure I didn't miss anyone. 
I just want to end by, by what I, I consider the theme verse of these verses, 1 Thessalonians 4.1, and um, it's in your notes as well. And it just reminds us what this is all about. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you now do so more and more. And, and my heart for village, First and Second Thessalonians has so much of my heart for village. I'm thankful for you. I pray for you. I, I'm just grateful that we are together. But also, my heart is that we seek to please God in all we do. Not to please ourselves, not to be comfortable, but to please God and to say, this comes back to even last week, how is what I'm doing doing good for the kingdom? How is what I'm doing showing a commitment to the kingdom and showing a commitment to God? That's how we please God. It's not just a list of, oh, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and you're good. Oh, man, that would be a legalistic, boring way to live. But rather it's, no, no, we do these things because this is how a loving God instructs us for, for how to best live for him, how to best experience life with him, how to best share his word and the gospel with others. And there is nothing like a life sold out for the gospel. It is hard, it's toil, it's labor, and it is awesome because of the blessings and the strength that God gives. And so may we be a church that embodies First and Second Thessalonians. I'd like to stand and worship again. Worship team, hi. No, <laughs> come on up. <laughs> And um, we want to end by talking about our living hope because one of the other themes throughout these two books is hope and that Jesus is our living hope and, and we know that our future is secured in him. So let's stand and worship together as we close our service and praise our Lord and Savior.